Welcome back, folks, to another episode of It's About Payroll. We have an extremely awesome episode today. We have yes. a guest, Sylvia. I Can you pronounce your last name for us? Corhonan. Say it again? Corhonan. Corhonan. Perfect. Cor you got Sylvia it. Corhonan. Perfect. Yep. And in celebration of Global Payroll Week, like we just, we're so ecstatic to have her today. We, you yeah, know, it's like, can I get on? You got to get on with us, Payroll Week. And <laughs> she agreed to, to come and record with us. She's a global payroll professional powerhouse. She's a superhero. We we look up to you, Sylvia. We follow you on social media, on LinkedIn, and we're, we're keeping tabs on you. Congrats on everything you're doing right now. Um, mm -hmm. We love what you're doing. We, we saw the collabo with Michael Sheen, and I got involved, and I, I love it. So, look, tell us about yourself. Tell us about how you got into payroll. And then we're going to get into some nitty gritty stuff about what you're a specialist at. Sure. So I'm so happy to do this. I know, you know, we've been thinking about it for quite a long time. Yep. So it's nice to, you know, finally meet my people and, yes. and, and speak about payroll transformations because it's really, you know, still in its baby phase, if you will, yes. and not very much focused on um, overall globally. So when it comes to me, I would say that um, I've started off with payroll operations. And then, you know, gradually kind of worked in projects and global rollouts. And right now, what I really focus on is payroll transformations. And, and tell us, what does that mean? What does yeah. payroll transformation mean? So for me, payroll transformations, it's always the backbone and the beacon for payroll operations. And I think when people think of payroll transformations, probably their first thought, you know, would be something that reaches the media. So it'd be new payroll solution implementations that go wrong, but uh -huh. um, there's so much more to it. So, you know, my job revolves around process improvements, quality, mergers, acquisitions, service model adaptations, analytics, reporting, compliance, audit, just thinking, oh. am I missing something? <laughs> and, and you know, payroll transformations, when it's really kind of done correctly, so aside from all of these topics, uh, and when, when you tie it back with the business, with the corporate direction, when you look across the linked functions like HR, finance, total rewards, benefits, you really can create like an end-to-end -end impact. And again, the high level nonetheless of payroll transformations would be owning the payroll strategy and having that strategic planning, although typically I think within smaller organizations, it's fair to say that it sits with operational leaders. Ah, okay. Okay. And then how do you go about that? You said strategic planning. How do you go yeah. about the strategic planning for payroll? So strategic planning, in my opinion, should always start with a well-defined, you know, payroll governance model, basing on your scale and the fit. And what I mean by that is, you know, understanding your global process owner, who's your regional process owner, your cluster, or your local operations, and their responsibilities, their roles, you know, what is the operational accountability, where does decision making sit, how is information cascaded across, I think that's the starting point, but you do have to dive in deeper, you have to understand who manages the vendor relationships, what are the KPIs, controls, audit, readiness, just to name a few. And I think what is absolutely critical is having it documented properly and having it reevaluated and reassessed with your vested stakeholders is super important. Mm. Uh, you mentioned stakeholders. We're going to get to them too. That's a big yeah. call out there. Yeah. Now you mentioned the vendors and managing the vendors. Now what would trigger 
payroll to change vendors. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big decision, right? Yeah. It it absolutely is. And I think this is something that is not spoken of enough to the level that it should be. I think the assumption is, you know, or what I'd love to tell you is that it's targeted, it's high population. We're reviewing areas that have high manual work, low yeah. staffing, and we're consolidating vendors, and that it's driven by new technology. And yep. it's true, but in reality, I think organizations are way more reactive. And this is what I see across the industry. So it is mostly, I think, cost savings. It's mostly, you know, are the security requirements being met? Do we really need to lift off payroll from the vendor because of some issues and typically around mergers and acquisitions? So organizations seem to be, you know, very highly risk averse. If it's not broken, don't fix it. You don't touch it. Yeah. So will you budget for it? Will you budget for that change or are you going to spend that money and target something that is at risk? And I think that's the question, the ongoing question across all organizations. Yeah. Do you, do you think that folks are, you know, especially in the global arena where you have to kind of Frankenstein this for, for lack of a better term, where you have to put different modules and different solutions across the world together do you feel like they try to keep the payroll engine consistent, even though it's kind of like you said, it's like, well, if it's not broke, don't fix it because they're so scared of that changing that? Yeah. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So so absolutely. I think, you know, when it comes to when it comes down to payroll transformations and selecting the vendor, hopefully you are looking at your skill assessments, you're verifying whether let's say the person who's currently processing French payroll can also take on another payroll of similar complexity and utilizing their language skills. And would it make sense then for them to hold the same vendor provider? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think lifting the business to, to that kind of a model where you have clusters of people that are fit for appropriate skills that can process easily payroll, step in whenever needed, creating benches, it's it's ideal. That's a great and, call out. That's a great call out. Thank you. Yeah, but but just going back still, you know, f- for kind of the governance, because I think it kind of comes down further to it. While governance is super important, I think the problem is what I'm seeing across organizations is that Typically, projects and programs are just rolled out as they are, mm-hmm. and someone has a good idea, you go for it, and you just keep it moving. Yep. But instead, I think it makes much more sense when you have, again, strategic planning, when you're looking at what is the current state and what it should be in three years' time. Yep. What is that roadmap? You define year by year, what are you going to achieve? Yeah, And I think when you look at process efficiencies, when you look at those key focus areas, you're going to have significant stakeholder support because otherwise, if you're going to approach me and we're going to harmonize, let's say, general ledgers or random processes, who's going to be invested in that? Are you deprioritizing other tasks? Is it going to be efficient? Is it going to be maintained? And what does that value add? And I think communicating that through, again, strategic planning is important. But to do this, you really should have principles. So your stakeholders, is that the same? Correct. Okay. 
How do you yeah. manage that piece with the stakeholders? Because that's tough, right? You have to get buy-in. They have to say yes, right? Absolutely. And then, and so do you find that, tell us about that because it could take time, like timelines and the, the effort that you got to do to sell these folks because you're selling them on something, right? That's correct. Mm -hmm. So the way how, you know, I go about it is kind of understanding again, what is the corporate direction? Are we, for instance, changing the model, the support model, understanding top down and bottom up as well? What are the needs from the local managers? What are the recurring issues? What cannot be solved for? And what I do is we have discussions around, look, do we want to have global payroll data visibility by year three? Are we looking at minimizing key person dependencies by year two? Yeah. With those questions and those decisions, then you establish your projects and your plans because there's various ways to achieve those targets. For instance, key person dependencies could be cross-training, creating standard operating procedures, targeted automation, or again, changing your model. But what is the right fit for your organization at that time and understanding kind of the costs and benefits of it? And again, what is being achieved? So starting again from principles and then creating the projects and programs instead of having the solution of, look, we're automating a general ledger and then trying to understand what is that strategic value Yep. It's reverse. Yep, that's right. There's a term here we use. It's don't let the dog wag the tail. The tail wag the dog. Yes. Correct. Right? Yes. Absolutely. So, and that that's right. And, and you know, something yeah. that I think you're saying here, that's really a big call out that me and Wall have been talking about for like a few weeks is being proactive. Yeah. Execution in yes. a proactive manner, not being reactive to things because what we found and what we're reading and what we've lived is that when you're reactionary, you're repairing yeah. a lot of broken things. And Absolutely. it's, it, it, you know, you almost need one team to repair and another team to be proactive and build for the future. So, and it's so tough to, to be this, the, the same team, you know, and you have to really like your mind and I, I, and it takes an incredible mind. And I see that you have an incredible command of what needs to be done. Yes. for this right and I, again I, i'm I, we've had some incredible guests we had fran on for some best practices like i am just in awe of you guys you all with the command that you have about what you do and your talent just amazing so yep. thank you thank you thank you so much for sharing that with us and taking the time to be with us now before you go though you got to tell me those stakeholders right now yeah. you can't you're not going to get away with that because i know who these stakeholders are in my yeah. organizations and it's tough like so give us some tips like how do you do that how do what mm -hmm. what can right give us something yeah so the way how i approach stakeholders is i usually map them i map them based on influence and interest per each mm. initiative or program so and in this Amazing. way, I understand, you know, what type of engagement and communication is appropriate. And it may vary per program or vary in time. So yeah. those of low interest and low influence, they should be, those are typically minimally impacted. It's mostly, you know, people that don't have to be significantly informed just enough to, to be abreast of what's happening. However, those, for instance, with high influence and low interest would be a group that you want to keep satisfied. You want to share mm. success stories. 
this would be typical senior stakeholders. Mm -hmm. Of course, then high interest and low influence would be people that you want to keep informed of the decisions that are being made and to act as your subject matter experts. And I think finally, having that group, your core group, where everybody has high influence and high interest, that's the group that you want to manage ongoingly. But when it comes to difficult stakeholders, I'll be honest with you, Walt and Brian, from my experience, the worst is trying to have everybody on board for, mm -hmm. that are third parties, banks, tax offices, those that have no vested interest. And mm -hmm. the way to approach it is formal communication, early initial engagement, and I think frequent check-ins. I want to know my escalation lines. I want to also provide enough time buffers yeah, for all of their activities to ensure we don't go off track. Yes. And a, a big part of my job you know, is navigating that change externally as well and ensuring that everybody's aligned. Outstanding. She, she just dropped so <laughs> many, so much knowledge. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. was so amazing. Like free uh, game, folks. Like you, who, if you guys are listening to this, this she, she, this career changing advice right here. Yes. From from our payroll guru right here. Oh my goodness gracious! What? So let me rewind all the way back because that's enough free game. I don't think you need to give any more. But so a little bit about yourself, like what got you initially into payroll? Like, where did you start? You know, what was that? You know, or everybody always has that very interesting origin yeah. story for getting into payroll. What yeah. what got you into payroll? Yeah. So I was working well in workforce administration. Okay. And I think I just saw, you know, my colleagues working in payroll and it was higher complexity, more difficult stakeholders. It was more analytics and that was attractive to you it was attractive to me and <laughs> i know <laughs> and that's kind of you know what what triggered that change and so i tried it out and you know i've been forever since and not looking to go anywhere anytime that's right soon, so. that's right that's right I love and, we, and we say it all the time it's a special mm. person group of people you know i don't want to say the wrong words here with a special group of people yeah. that do payroll because it, you know, and oper and and you know, now that you know, I'm I'm technically in the operations HR operations side, but it's the same the the what did I say the the other side of the same coin, and yeah. it's very transactionally driven mapping data. You know, somebody what do we just come up with data jockey data janitor data janitor somebody oh you're a good data janitor and I was like oh I love that I'm running with that. <laughs> I love that. So. It's 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 an amazing thing, like to have this skill set, and and you just, I mean, oh my gosh, you yeah. you, that's amazing, and you you were attracted to the the chaos, basically. Absolutely, <laughs> and I this is why I love payroll transformations, you know. So give me the yeah. hardest piece, yes. let's fix it, let's yeah. let's make it easier, yeah, for yep. everyone. That's true, and and I, I, that's what I think. That's what I get. I'm attracted to as well as like the fix. Like I see, oh, I got an opportunity to to help to add value somewhere, right? And I feel like, oh, wow, this is really helping us now. We've we've solved, pro I love solving problems, you yeah. know? And it's like, oh man, so, wow. But it does take a, a certain something, man. Like, Walt, what's up, man? What are you thinking, bro? I'm blown away. I know I, it. I am super, I was already impressed with you just from what the conversations that Brian was relaying to me. I'm just blown away. So uh, you, you are amazing. For those listening to this episode, 
please write down the notes information that Sylvia dropped for you. It's yep. priceless. Yep. Sylvia, it was priceless. Thank you for yep. sharing. Appreciate it. Of course, yes. and happy to share as always. Yeah. Wow. So you're like on a little holiday right now. What have you been doing with your downtime? I've been <clears throat> honestly having a lot of good conversations about payroll. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love to stay abreast with all of technology <laughs> and you know, I, I do enjoy uh, demos and keeping tabs with the entire network. So so definitely that's something aside from beach holidays that I, yeah, that I do on my free time. Yeah. That it's, no, I'm the same way. Like I've, I've seen so many demos of yeah. and, and we're not even interested in doing anything. And I'm just like, oh, and I tell these folks like salespeople are funny because I'm like, look, I'm not interested. We're not we're not in the market. Oh, but we can get I was like, look, I would love to see the demo. If you want to show me the demo, I'm all for it. And they, they they do it. I tell them up front, hey, we're not in the market, but, you know, I love watching the demos, too. That's yeah. great. Now, okay, so let me ask you this. Technology-wise, what are you seeing? What do you think about AI and mm. payroll? Where do you think AI and payroll are going? I think that's a tricky subject. Okay. And I think, you know, we are with, we deal with data security. Yep. And it, it's concerning to me, yep. where can this go when yep. it's, you know, not controlled? I think there's a lot of benefits for, let's say, employee self-service, automated responses yes. in that sense, but um, process-wise and um, oh, that back-end piece, validations, yeah. th that's, that's something that, you know, is on my mind. But AI is one thing. One, one piece that I'd really enjoy seeing uh, in payroll that I haven't seen yet is predictive analytics. I'd love to see a software Ooh. that can show you a year ahead in time, how many people are going to be, let's say, on maternity leave, you know, and what mm. is the impact on their salaries, as an example, or let's say when we're counting redundancies or severance payments, yeah, how is that going to look in half a year time? Mm. And what is the headcount going to be? I think driving that in, you know, for workforce planning would be great. Yeah. I'm writing all this down. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Yes, I love it. I love it. And I just, we were just talking about AI. We talk about it all the time. It's a constant conversation. I think we're going to do a whole episode on what, where we think, you know, AI could take payroll. And it, it is, it's scary. I've heard, you know, I'm hearing professors and en computer engineers like, hey, you know, it is a little scary. The, you know, now they're talking about AI's intelligence level. And, you know, saying, well, it's not, a, it's not smarter than us yet. And that's mm -hmm. what they're worried about is when it becomes smarter than us, mm -hmm. you know, how do we control it? Where are the controls? How do we teach it properly and interact with it? So yeah, there are some fears and I hope that we can, as a community, as it's, you know, get around that and build some guardrails around it because there are incredible opportunities there. Like you're saying, you know, right. As, as far as data validation, the backend, the mappings, you know, looking between modules because we yeah. have to manage a data stack, a tech stack, you know, a technology stack in our environment to get the day done, you know, and we, it would be great to have something that is checking all of those interfaces for us, right. And making sure that the checks and balances are there. So yeah, you got incredible insight. Brian, one more thing regarding AI. So I think everybody's so focused on looking at the future, you know, of AI, but what what's not being leveraged is robotics. Yeah. You know? So really mm. looking at the recurring processes, give me, a, let's say, gross, gross figures of employees yep. in January and February, have it automated, have it matched 
have built a sequence code, built, you know, something to match those figures and, you know, let's have that minimum base of, let's say 5%, yeah, to pop out the validations for us. There's a lot that still can happen without kind of looking so far in and. That's right. That's great. Again, Sylvia, thank you so much for the insight. Always. I mean, you know, you have an open invitation for this show, you know, that would be great. So sounds like, sounds like we need to have her back for the AI episode. And right? the AI episode, right? You have choices and options in the global world and you chose us and that means the world right. to us. It really does. Yeah. It really does. So thanks for this really. And no, oh yeah. gosh, M more to come, more to come. And, you know, uh, we'll let you get back. I know it's later in the day for you, so we'll let you go and, Folks, wall, any closing, anything, Sylvia, anything you want to leave us with? You know, payroll operations is sacred. Yeah. And I yes. think I, I think the most important piece is just that understanding, you know, payroll transformations, it really should be supportive and it shouldn't be disruptive. It should be right. acknowledging what is what the capacities are mm -hmm. and leveraging the skills that we have. And it's it shouldn't be invasive. That's right. Right. You got to be open, folks. You know, like yeah. it's we say we say on the show all the time, like if you're holding things in, right, pay, the Sylvia's of the world are coming in to help payroll change and get better, not to make, you know, not nothing else. There's nothing bad about it. They're going to get you better. And folks, payroll professionals, we have to embrace this change. We yeah. there's a new world, the technology. We have to embrace the technology. We have to embrace the future and how to incrementally get better right greatness happens incrementally so we have to be open for that and the, the sylvia's of the world are going to help us get there we got to partner with her and the, the brains that i can't you got to keep smarter people like sylvia around you you know if you're if, if you're the smartest one in the room you're in the wrong room get in a room with sylvia and learn something about payroll learn something about payroll transformation global payroll Right. So we want to make that room, folks. If you can't get that smarter room, come in our room and we're going to have the smart people on here teaching us. Yes. Love it. Thanks. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.